It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, April 19, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. A catastrophic steering system failure caused a fatal boating accident in Sitka last week. That's according to an update from the Alaska Wildlife Troopers. The mechanical failure threw the skiff's occupants, Theodosius Dozy Merkuliev and James Jimmy Jensen, into the water near the Stargavin boat ramp while they were harvesting herring eggs last Friday. Troopers found a broken steering cable during an investigation of the 17-foot skiff. Both Jensen and Merkuliev were rescued by Good Samaritans and transferred to the Mount Edgecombe Medical Center, where Merkuliev was pronounced dead. A preliminary investigation by the medical examiner points to hypothermia and drowning as the cause of death. Merkuliev was wearing a personal flotation device. A crowdfunding campaign for his family has raised over $30,000 since it was started last Saturday. An aerospace and technology company is considering building key parts of a satellite network in Alaska, including Ketchikan, Nome, and Fairbanks, that it says could help improve Internet access across the globe. It's part of a project called Starlink by California-based SpaceX, currently being developed. The company advertises relatively low-cost satellite dishes that it says could eventually offer high-speed satellite internet even in sparsely populated areas of the planet. The company plans to build ground stations around the world, with facilities spanning the globe from Europe to Australia to the southern tip of South America. SpaceX filed an application last week with the Federal Communications Commission to build a gateway Earth station consisting of eight antennas at a site in Ketchikan. In its application, the company says the nine-foot antennas would transmit and receive broadband data between the company's satellites and the terrestrial Internet. Ketchikan-based engineer Brett Serlin, contracted by SpaceX, told the local planning commission Tuesday that the facility would control and track the company's satellites, which aim to bring broadband Internet to underserved areas. So it is a global high-speed um, Internet system to provide access to for Internet relatively low-cost internet, like $100 a month is what they're looking at right now, to people in locations that are very challenging to develop the infrastructure for internet. So Alaska is one of their primary um, areas they're focusing on. While most areas of Ketchikan are connected to fiber optic or copper wire telephone networks, the satellite network would help bring internet access to more remote locations. Serlin says SpaceX is also looking to build ground stations in Fairbanks and Nome. SpaceX applied for an FCC permit for the Fairbanks facility last week. SpaceX was at one point in talks with the city of Ketchikan to lease around 3,000 square feet of city land in the Shoop Street area south of town. But Ketchikan city manager Carl Amelon wrote in a memo Thursday that the company is now looking elsewhere. That's after the planning commission postponed issuing a land use permit for the facility. Neighbors had complained, saying they weren't properly notified of the company's plan. The commission did approve another permit request from SpaceX in a commercial area near Ketchikan's Walmart. It's not clear if SpaceX intends to move forward with the Rex Allen Drive site. The company hasn't returned calls and emails. The very first Tlingit opera in production is about the Tlingit-Russian wars at the start of the 19th century. The opera is still in the early development stages, but the creators say it's bound to be an epic production. KTOO's Pablo Peña has the story from Juno. This is a sample of a song written by Ed Littlefield for an untitled Tlingit opera. See Alaska Heritage Institute recently announced the opera's development 
which will be based on the true story of the Klinkit Russian War in 1802 and 1804. Littlefield says one word has been used to describe the story so far. We've been throwing out the word epic, <laughs> you know, in, in a lot of our conversations. And uh, that story, that, that real-life story that happened, you know, in Klingit Ani, in our backyard, you know, it, uh, is, is it a very important one? And it's, you know, either way it, it could have gone would affect, you know, the, you know, the area for years to come. The story of those battles have been told by generations of Klingit. But even while the source material is written, it's too soon to say exactly what the opera will be like in detail. The creators hope to show audiences Klinkit's song, dance, and art in its many forms. It's already a built-in up and down. You know, there's, there's triumphs, there's sacrifice, there's, you know, <laughs> there's explosions. Literally, there's explosions. The idea for the opera started with Rosita Wuerl, president of Sea Alaska Heritage Institute. Several years ago, she was doing research on the Klinkit Russian Wars. In my mind, I could actually just see this, the, the scenes, you know. Whirl imagined vivid details of a battle on the beach, like the beating of the drums, the Klinkit women wailing war cries, and even the foggy weather. I was thinking this would be awesome, you know, to, you know, to, to see this visually. And, uh, and, and also, you know, and I wanted to hear the sounds, you know, that were, were ongoing, you know, with the scene. Whirl asked Vera Starbird to write the opera. Starbird says she hopes that audiences can learn about the sophistication of different Klinkit art forms. There's this uh, dominant narrative in American culture that says indigenous anything is less than, is more simplistic, is savage. I mean, we've literally grown up with that narrative um, as a country. And yet we've been doing performing arts pieces for thousands of years and have really emphasized what we might call production value. Starbird says she hopes that audiences will learn the lessons from the history itself. What it says about how coordination and working together as many different autonomous groups made for a successful campaign against uh, what could be seen as a much more powerful force in just sheer numbers and uh, literal gunpowder. The opera will be a collaboration between Sea Alaska Heritage Institute and Perseverance Theater. Leslie Ishii is the artistic director at Perseverance Theater. She says the opera's development is a years-long process. So it's an interesting way to produce and a great opportunity to decolonize our spaces continue to re-indigenize and, in this case, re <laughs> our spaces as well. The first-ever Clinket opera doesn't have a set release date yet, but Littlefield, the composer, says as the opera evolves, he hopes the story is shared around the state and hopefully the world. In Juno, I'm Pablo Arauz Peña.
A spring tradition resumed in Sitka on Friday on what felt like the first real day of spring in Southeast, the annual Blessing of the Fleet. Southeast Alaska Women in Fisheries organizes the event in conjunction with the Sitka Lutheran Church and St. Michael's Orthodox Cathedral. Last year, the COVID-19 pandemic forced the cancellation of the blessing, and this year the traditional large ceremony at Crescent Harbor was replaced with a scaled-back ceremony at the Mariner's Wall at A&B Harbor. But the solemn reading of the names of Sitka's departed was unchanged, as was the ringing of the bell signaling the end of their last watch. KCAW's Robert Woolsey attended and sent this audio postcard. Oh, let us now the call obey And steer our bark for yonder shore Where still the voice away In pleading tones John Nielsen Richard Nelson We thank you for the beauty of the earth and the mighty waters that surround the land. May we always act responsibly for the just and proper use of your creation. Like the psalmist of old, we cry unto you for the protection of those who go down to the sea in ships. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. A reading from Psalm 107. Some went down to the sea in ships, plying their trade in deep waters. They beheld the works of the Lord, God's wonderful works in the deep. Then God spoke, and a mighty storm wind arose, which tossed high the waves of the sea. Beautiful letter we got from a family years ago. This is constructed in 1988, and it was a letter of a guy going down in a boat, and uh, the family wrote that he put a note in a bottle and they found it along Yagatega Beach. That was another story. The Prince and Don went down. I mean, we used to have, there's so many stories, hundreds and hundreds of stories here. And so we just, this is why we're doing this. Susan Sturm. That they shall sing the Hal Taylor. Song, who faithful to James Thomason. God's Holy Spirit Stephen C. Younger of his abiding love to tell to blissful port or stormy sea calls heaven's inviting harbor bell this way this way i'm aaron fulton and this has been raven news This 